Yo, before we get into this podcast, I want to ask for a huge favor from you. And that is if you have or you are getting value from this podcast, if you were to leave us a review or subscribe, it would mean the world. And quite frankly, selfishly, it's because I want to, we want to continue sharing these conversations, this medicine with the world. And when you leave a review, when you subscribe, it's a vote. And we would love to have your vote. Nonetheless, thank you so much and enjoy. I feel most alive and fully self-expressed when I'm in the context and in the spaces where I allow that, the, the light of that weirdness to dance, to play. Guess who your podcast guest is this week? This weirdo right here. And admittedly, a little bit nervous to share this one. This is about my first experience with DMT with some of my dear brothers in my life, we decided that we were going to dive into the realm of psychedelia. And part of my nervousness for sharing this one is because of the mass myth and misnomer that is around the general conversation of psychedelics, but more specifically around DMT. And what I found through my experience in being with my brothers in a beautiful intentional space was an incredible amount of healing, especially for me inside of the context of self-love. I know without a doubt that if you listen to this with an open heart and open mind that you will walk away with something that will at the very least strike you as very curious at the very most could propel you into the next edition and rendition of your life. Big love and hope you enjoy. This is going to prove to be a very fascinating conversation, talking about my first experience with DMT. I have notion stuff because I want to make sure I stay somewhat on track, so you know, we like looking around here and there and stuff like that. But for starters, I am gonna be honest, I'm a little nervous. I'm I am nervous to talk about this, and that is because uh, for a number of reasons. One, there's, there's always that idea of like who is listening, whether it's like friends, family, et cetera, and like what are they gonna think about me? Like that part of the brain that's just rattling off and, and wondering slash fearing what the ramifications could be. And uh, my commitment to truth, seeking truth, and not simply taking what others tell me is truth or what is so, or this is what society says, or this is what people have notoriously said, like this is the way and this is what the data and facts say and everything else. Like there is, to me, there's no greater teacher than experience. We can talk about facts and data all day long, but if our experience proves to be different, it, it trumps what the air quote facts, or even just anecdotal stories that people share or the misnomers or myths, mistruths that get spread because of people's fear of what they don't understand, which is very prevalent. So inside of that commitment and inside of my desire to explore and learn more about what, what is it to be human and is there more than maybe what we've been told or what we've been taught. So a lot of this conversation is gonna be pointing a finger at that. I'm gonna do my best to kind of tell it the way it was experienced, because I could just get into like, here are all the things I learned, et cetera, but I, I wanna tell the story of the journey and then kind of land with what I was left with from it. So a few days ago, 
me, well, actually for a couple of weeks now, me and some very dear beings in my life have explored the idea of, hey, what if we were to get together and do an intentional DMT experience, which even the idea of it seemed a little bit funny because what I had notoriously heard and what had been fed to me is like, oh, DMT is just a just a gateway drug and it's just gonna, it's just all about blasting off and getting high and everything. And, uh, well, I couldn't help but just be curious about, you know, what actually was so, because I had spoken to people who had had experiences and what they would describe was, although yes, there was this visionary component to it, that when done with intention, it was even more powerful than what was being said or being displayed, which we also have to welcome that I am outside, so we might be getting some eager, eager, and some airplanes and some everything else. So if you hear it, welcome to this podcast conversation, reflection, whatever we want to call it. So that was for starters, mistruths, misnomers, and all that's diving into that. So we, we set the intention and we said we're gonna do it on a day. We wanted to create a whole day experience out of it. So the day itself started with uh, just eating some healthy food, getting some sunlight, just really taking time to ground into our experience. And then a couple of us went to uh, a local springs, Green Springs, did some barefoot walk-in, hopped in the sulfuric smelling water that was there. It was very earthing, very grounding, very cleansing. And I think that it was even more helpful in the process and I think that we thought because it was preparing all this was preparation for the actual experience because in the totality of, of a journey there's the preparation there's the before bit there's the actual experience itself and then there's the after the integration or the reflection and this is in the integration reflection I'm sharing I'm reflecting back on what was distilled through that process so we spent time at the springs we, we, we grounded in we came back uh, and once we all assembled uh, at the at our at our meeting spot, we uh, we just kind of like set the space. We decided that we wanted to drop in first by doing some guided yoga and breath work, and really coming into our bodies and setting our intention through reconnecting with our bodies and making sure that we are aligned in our bodies. So we grounded in and as we started to set the, the space, putting on this kind of like earthy, chanty, um, just kind of like spiritual earthy type music, uh, we started to light some candles, dim the lights, Again, really intentional in the way that we set the space. It wasn't just, let's just go and do this thing and, and move on with our lives. We really made a point to slow down. So we were setting the space. And before we decided to enter the ceremony, we took time to clear anything, and clearing being really speaking to anything that was in our space. And for a lot of us, there was anxiety, there was some worry, because some of us had had experiences and some of them were really powerful and felt really good. And some of them were like a little challenging, to be honest, from what they had shared. And some of us had less experience. And then there was me who had no experience. I had, this is, although this was my, my first experience, it wasn't my first time I had tried. I had tried a couple other times, but just the, the way it was done, the set, the setting and all that wasn't right 
wasn't done with the same amount of intention. So honestly, there was nothing came out of it. That's why I think that this experience was as different and as potent as it was, which I'll kind of point out, you know, what, you know, what that ended up looking like. But we spoke to the anxiety, we spoke to the concern, we spoke to the the fearful parts of us, and myself in particular, inside of this clearing, I I spoke to the fact that the past couple of weeks for me have been very challenging for a number of reasons. One being reconnecting with somebody with whom I had a former relationship with and kind of going through almost like a re-grieving process of, of kind of like feeling the loss and, and the entanglement, the energetic entanglement between me and this person. It's like feeling that. And then this past week hearing uh, that someone very, 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 very important from my childhood uh, and into like my, my younger adult years uh, passed away uh, very very out of nowhere and we've been in, in the grieving process of that and very shortly here I'll be uh, flying out to Texas to be saying my uh, final goodbyes to my grandfather who's also transitioning so it's been a heavy period of grief a lot of reflection a lot of doing my best to lean into my experience versus pulling back and, and disassociating and creating distance from me and my experience so as to avoid feeling the feelings. And it's not something I do consciously. It was uh, a pattern of behavior that I developed in response to trauma as a child. So in this clearing, it was really about saying like, hey, like this is what I'm coming with and I I want to presence it. And I simultaneously also want to presence that there is a part of me I'm very clear about and kind of pours into my intention that I realize has been anxiously searching for and seeking a romantic partnership. Just like looking, constantly looking. Even when I, I know consciously like I, that's not the place to be coming from, right? This, this need or this feeling of wantingness and knowing that if I am seeking heavily something outside of myself, then it's likely a reflection of something within me that I'm not, I'm not giving myself. It's not being nurtured. I think of it in terms of like eating, eating nourishing food. If we're not feeding and nourishing ourselves, then we unwittingly and unconsciously put that expectations on others. We go into relationships needing something from that person. And when those needs aren't met, and it's becoming a, f a point of friction or like butting heads. And it can be all happening at an unconscious and subconscious level. We think, oh, like at the surface level, like we're just having like little tiffs, but deep down it's because there was this foundation of coming needing something and also not communicating and articulating it. So for me, knowing that I'm, I'm anxiously seeking this relationship, I wanted to come to this space and, and really allow myself to drop into whatever awareness I needed to have to reveal the thing or things or the information that I needed to come back home to me, to give myself what I need. Because so long as I'm searching out there, I'll never, <laughs> it'll never be enough to quench that internal thirst that exists. So I brought that to the space. I said, I, I want to acknowledge that. I want to presence that. And I want to hold space for 
allowing the answer to what it is I need to give myself to be revealed. <sighs> so in our clearing, setting out and laying out all the things that have been weighing for us, it then created the space for the intentions, which as I pointed out, it was getting present to what it is that I need to, to give myself, to nourish myself, and then also simultaneously with being able to connect the head and the heart. I spend so much time just anxious, overthinking, all up in my headspace, disconnected from the heart. So unifying, bringing together, and allowing them to communicate more clearly was an intention. And really being able to access more of that intuition or higher realm of consciousness, if you will. Because if we think about it from, say, like a uh, like a yogic context or a chakric context, we talk about you know like our, our lower chakras being more of our earthly chakras and our heart chakra, so like lower three, more of like our, our grounding earth root versus the heart. The heart being the union. Actually, we should go to the uppers first. Then the upper three are the upper three chakras, right? So throat, third eye, crown being more of the like upper heavenly chakras, if you will, and the heart being the unifying space being being between them. Well, I spend a lot of time in grounding earthy here energy and sometimes i just felt so disconnected from that intuition or this experience of being connected to something that was larger than myself or at least that lowercase s self versus the capital s self which it knows it, it intuitively instinctually inherently knows and we might have moments of remembrance where it's like oh yeah there's there's more than and sometimes I believe or remember that there is, especially in times of stress, because in times of stress, we get very in our bodies. We become very of, of our earth, and, and not that that's bad, but that it can, it can disconnect us from, from that, deeper, that, that deeper knowing. So unifying the heavens and the earth and allowing myself to, to, to bear witness to what it is that I needed to give myself. So we set our intentions. And uh, when it came time to, to start the ceremony, I, uh, someone asked, uh, you know, who wants to go first? And you could kind of have, have this, like, almost like feel this, like, who's going to be the first one? Which one of you is going to step up to the plate? And no one answered at first. And me being the, all right, let's get it. But I could be sometimes, I was like, let's, you know, let's go for it. Like, I'm nervous, but let's go for it. You know, it's got to happen. So I had my first experience. I think this is where more of the notes will come in uh, so I can make sure I stay somewhat on track. Um, so for the first experience, you have this, uh, you have this like device that's very similar to maybe what you might smoke uh, like weed out of a pipe type thing. And you put the, the crystallized DMT on top of this like mint leaf you put in the chamber and similar to how you might smoke cannabis you light it, although it was like a torch lighter, you have to hit it like a certain temperature and degrees. I'm not the, I'm not the genius or the expert in all this stuff, but we lined it up, set the intention. We, we, we took the medicine and held it to our heart space, represencing our intention, breathing with that intention whilst having the facilitator with us who was also holding the space. So there's a group of us, a small group of us, and while one person was getting ready to go, the rest were in a circle formation holding space. It wasn't just a bunch of people just blasting off and doing drugs. It was like, we are here, we are with you, we are witnessing you, we are loving you, we are holding you, and whatever it is that comes up, we got your back. So we're sitting here, getting ready to go. And then uh, you start to take the drags, you start to take the inhales, and then 
once you've gotten what you believe to be the amount that you're looking for, which is measured out and scaled out to make sure that it's you know not too much and not too little, there's a, there's a minimum effective dose, the amount that you need to take in order to elicit the response that you're looking for. So line that up and then you breathe it in and you hold and you, you're breathing in and holding your intention as well. And then once you let go, one aspect of it is allowing yourself to kind of melt backwards and, and lay down. And you can kind of close or open your eyes. I chose to close my eyes and focus on my internal experience. And during my first experience, I was starting to have some light visuals. And this is the part that's a little more challenging to capture with words. It's an experience. An experience is an experience. Words seek to describe an experience. There, there's, a, there's a distance. They are ever so slightly removed. So <laughs> bear with me as I, as I do my best to describe this experience, but there was these little light bits of visuals, but what I was present to most was in the sensations in my body because when I get really tapped into my body, I can feel the energy streaming through and my body will like contort and it kind of like, like express like twitch and things like that. It's like energy is moving and cycling through and what I've come to believe and I, I would even go so far as to say realizes that that is energy that is moving that was once stuck and it's like okay because there was a point where it started to build up in my chest in my heart space and my chest would kind of poke like flare out like such and and then writhe back of course i say as such you can't if, you, if you're not watching the video you're listening to the audio of this i highly recommend you go and, and maybe check out the video or not but i'm just imagine like pushing your chest out in space and kind of arching your back. My, my heart space is like kind of opening and, and I can feel that there's something in my heart space that's like like releasing. It's like it's like chipping away like little like layers, layers of gunk that is getting in the way of, of having expressed whatever needed to be expressed. And after a few minutes or so, like your sense of your sense of time is not what you're focused on, the part of the brain that is associated with time, I imagine that part of the brain is actually getting turned down uh, because you're very in your experience. You're very in the embodiment of that thing. I was very present to myself being in the room. There was no like blast off and going anywhere and not knowing that there was a body connected to me. I was very well aware that my body was still present, but I was more in tune with the uh, the concentration of energy that was in my heart. And once I started to kind of come back in into my awareness of everything that was going on, I was like, okay, I felt that. I felt like there was a layer of depth that I could go to if I allowed myself to, but was also in, in a little bit of resistance. There is resistance to fully feeling the feelings. There is resistance to fully moving and, and expressing through sound in the way that perhaps my body was really wanting and needing to because the, the conscious mind is seeking to latch onto its comfortable known whereas the higher aspects of our consciousness, if you will, are wanting to express those feelings, wanting to express those emotions, wanting to move and contort and express in the way that knows it needs to in order to allow the facilitation of the energy to move through and cycle through in the way it was designed to because it's when it gets stuck that it creates uh, abnormalities in our system. I can't say that I'm knowledgeable enough to know exactly how it works, but I would go so far as to say is that when, uh, as Dr. Joe Dispenza says, E, and the dogs are here too, E-motion is energy in motion. And when energy cannot motion, it gets stuck. So allowing the energy to move and flow through, because when it doesn't, is my belief that that is what 
underlies likely a lot of illness and dis-ease in the system. The system isn't doing what the system was meant to do, so it moves from a system of function to dysfunction. That is my current hypothesis, and so far from what I've read, it makes sense, and also is what I've learned from a number of people, but we're continuing to dive down that rabbit hole and, and learn as we go. Grow as we learn, learn as we grow. All the things. Picking back up, we were talking about emotion, energy, and motion. So it is my current belief and hypothesis, both from personal experience, but also from learning from very brilliant minds that when energy is not able to cycle through our system in the way that it's supposed to, it gets stuck. It gets it's kind of like food. If food doesn't digest and move through, which it needs to do, well, you get a lot of caca buildup. And in the same way, you can have like poopy energy that builds up inside of you and creates dysfunction in our systems. Our systems move from being a functional system to a dysfunctional system, and they no longer work in the way they're supposed to, which likely is the underlying is an underlying cause for the majority of illness and dis-ease in our system. Learning how to facilitate that movement of energy through our bodies in the way that it was designed to is critical to healing and longevity. So as I'm now learning how to allow that energy to move through me, whether it's, it's the grief of, of a transition of a relationship to the transition of a friendship, whatever transition of a life of a friendship, that type of thing, this lesson points at the necessity to learn how to clear ourselves, to cleanse ourselves of whatever is necessary, and, and these um, medicines can really help us with that, which I'm going to dive into a little bit uh, a little bit later. But now going to my second experience, because uh, the first one did it, the rest of the group went around, again, we took turns holding space, loving each other, oh my goodness, the amount of love, excuse me, the love that was in that space. There was so much laughter and lightheartedness and proximity, this closeness that when I think about like what I'd heard about like DMT and substances alike, you think like, oh, I'm just going to like a music festival and just like blasting off and, and, and getting weird and just doing it for the sake of doing it. But there was just a relentless a relentless amount of intention in a way that we loved and support each other, which I think is why we all had very powerful experiences. And especially moving now into like my second one and how that ended up being even more powerful. So second round, similar process in terms of putting in the amount of DMT you're looking for, putting it over the leaf, lighting it, inhaling it, except my intention was to allow myself to go deeper and still represents myself more to what is it that I need to give myself? What is it that I need to love within myself more? So. Went through the process, inhaled, held it, it, held it, it, that's not a word, held it, squeeze, yeah, big, big, big exhale. And as I allowed myself to lay backwards, similar in the first experience, and I was still aware of my surroundings, except the visuals were far more detailed, but at the same time made absolutely no sense. And this is where, again, it's a little challenging to describe with words, and actually uh, I ended up uh, recording the audio of the experience and went back and listened to it and, and took some quotes from what I heard myself say when I was in that experience because, again, it's really challenging to describe something that is so outside of what our brain normally would look at. I mean, if you want to look at something that is 
just about there, if not there, and probably is there. Actually, I'm just going to say it is theirs. Go check out Alex Gray. His art is <laughs> out of this world, or really just of this world. But if you want to get an idea of what the palace can look like, go check out Alex Gray's work. But as I'm in this experience, I start having these visuals that were reminiscent of the movie uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which also, if you have not seen that movie, 10 out of 10 recommend. It is absolutely just this lighting here, quite a little bit. It's all this saturation is probably a little bit better. Hello, plane. Welcome to the party. This movie was wild. And also, I would go so far as to say th there's something to it. But there's one point in the movie where these people have these fingers, these weird sausage fingers. And in my experience, I see these like geometric shapes, figure people lookalikes doing all of this weird, 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 weird expression like in my face. And as I'm like in it, breathing into it, this are, these are some of the things that like were said audibly while I was in my experience. Fuck, there is so much weird. The visuals are so, so fucking weird. And I pause, I said, that's me. I am that fucking weirdness. And that is the one thing that I am most afraid to have fully witnessed. For so long, I have been seeking approval for and of my weirdness, especially in the context of romantic partners. And, and it has been as such, there's as, as much as I feel like I allow myself to be expressive with my emotions and my weirdness and everything else, there's still a part of me deep down that is dealing with the subconscious belief that I can never possibly, tr I could never be truly lovable if somebody knew the full depth of the weirdness that is this human experience that I'm calling wolf. No one could possibly love that. It, subconsciously, that's what the belief is. Although consciously, I wholeheartedly believe this mantra of you can never be too much or not enough for the right person or people. But when subconsciously I have not been believing that, it shows in my actions. I, I want to express the weird, but I, I only give a little bit. And I think, oh, well, I'm being fully self-expressed. Like, are we really being fully self-expressed or are we expressing enough that we still feel comfortable? And the issue with this way of living is that when we aren't being the fullest expression of ourselves, we attract people and vibrations that are equal to that. Meaning we're not putting out the full frequency, we're putting out a portion of the frequency. And when I, we, don't give, when I, when I haven't given myself the space to be that weird, to be that energy, well, it makes sense that when I look out into the world or I look at a woman who I think is absolutely stunning, when I started to, when I made the connection, I was like, holy crap, the people that I've been most interested in are the weirdos. They're the ones who just express and they laugh and they giggle and they emote and they play because deep down there's a part of me that's like, that's me too. I am that. We are that. And that brought me to something else that I said when I was in that experience, which is part of 
the healing for me is, is being able to love and own that within myself and being able to compassionately say, this is who I motherfucking am. I, I am who I am. And that's not to say that I, that when we say like, I am who I am and like it is what it is, this is who I am. Not like in this kind of like, meh, I can't be anything else than what I am and very like limited, finite way of looking at ourselves, but that who I am is this infinite puddle of love and weirdness. It's, it's, it's a part of whatever it is, whether it's like dharma or it's like soul or purpose, whatever it is, I, I don't really got words for it. But what I do know is that I feel most alive and fully self-expressed when I'm in the context and in the spaces where I allow that, the, the light of that weirdness to dance, to play. Which brings me to the final quote uh, that I said as, as I was like kind of like wrapping up that experience and kind of like coming back to my human experience is that we, we often see in others what we want to to see and witness within ourselves, which I kind of alluded to a little bit earlier, but that if I've been anxiously looking for that relationship, it's because there was some part of me that was hopeful that if I did find that in someone else, then I could find it within myself. But what the medicine revealed to me was that it's already inside of me. It always has been, and it's not going anywhere. And a matter of fact, it's it's like it's like a little version of me is inside of me. Like, hey, I'm here too. Like, once you know, like, I know you're like looking outside of you for it, but it's like it's all right here. You don't gotta go anywhere. You just gotta let it be. And there's freedom in that. I just I was laughing hysterically because it, it's seemingly so simple. And at the same time, not so easy in practice. So we started to wrap up our ceremony. Everyone took their turns. We shared, we laughed, we giggled and rounded out our, our time together with one, uh, just a shit ton of affection, just loving on each other and hugging on each other and, and just being ourselves, all of ourselves, and loving all of each other. And then we finished it out by having just a really yummy, earthy, like steak, potato, and like veggie meal. And man, I, I couldn't have imagined that this experience would have unfolded in the way that it did. Because the story and the myth, the folklore that I've been fed is that when people just go and they do drugs and they're just getting fucked up for the sake of getting fucked up. But as I am reflecting and seeing, as I've said many times, the amount of intention that was put into the experience, had it be so potently powerful that it was, it left me being like more of this, more of being willing to explore realms of consciousness, to find, re discover, remember aspects of the totality of who we are through being in community and through being in community or communitas, witnessing all of it, because all of it it just is good and bad. It just is. It's just all in this unicity and the way that we choose to do that experience, the way that we started it, we did it and we rounded off and finished it with a, with an, with a earthy meal. It allowed me to have 
to have it be medicine and not a drug. Because to me, there is a distinction. Drugs fill a hole. Medicine helps us to become whole or to remember our inherent wholeness. With a drug, it's, it's like a band-aid. We're just, we're just looking for that next fix to, to get a little bump of feeling good. And then we go back to our normal unwakeful states of consciousness. And we need more, we, we have to get more and more of that thing in order to have that same feeling or experience. And that really is the foundation of a lot of addiction. Excuse me. But there's a, there's a vast difference between that and, and medicine, which is helping us to remember that wholeness. And also part of the medicine isn't just, oh, I did it, now I move on. It's like, no, now it's integration. Now it's how do I take this, this insight and put it into action? Because there is no such thing as breakthrough without action. An insight is a thought, an idea, an epiphany. Where it really becomes a breakthrough is when we apply action and create some kind of new result in our experience. So for me, if it's I need to embrace the full spectrum of my weird, then it's looking at, well, what does that look like? And I started to, to play with that. And I, I'm, I'm integrating as we speak the fact that if you're watching the video and you see how emotive I am being, I don't think that I've one, been as open as I am about this type of experience, a psychedelic experience, one, two, the way I'm emoting, allowing myself to play is a reflection of, okay, this is nerve wracking, this is scary, but like a video game, this is the next level. And this is what it looks like. It's seeing myself in the mirror and like making these weird faces and dancing and, and singing and allowing myself to, to rap even though I get nervous about what if somebody heard me or what if the lyrics are good and all this like those are the, the the anxious mind thoughts it's being able to oh it was singing and dancing at an event most recently in front of people i like to sing and to dance but it's it's a it's a new thing for me to learn how to do it in front of people hey airplanes that were taken off into new planes new heights learning relearning or unremembering old ways and, and re-remembering ways that serve us in actualizing our highest potential it takes that action looking at myself in the mirror and getting weird singing dancing being more open with my friends and the hard part is gonna be with my family working on that too there's always new layers but it's putting into action so that way it can go from the heavens because DMT has this beautiful capacity to capture these higher realms of consciousness, these, these higher realms of experience, and then bring it down to earth, from heaven to earth, from higher chakra to lower chakra, heart being the unifier, that laughter, that giggle, that, that ah, and taking it and putting it into my everyday life. And now I'm, I'm working on that more than I ever have. And oh my goodness, there's, there's more work to do and there will continue to be more work to do but that it feels as though I am moving into the next, the next edition, the next season of what it looks like to, to follow the wolf, uh, to, to follow that truth, to, to seek medicine, to seek healing, to seek truth. And it looks like taking things and putting it into action. So that's some of the lessons. I'm gonna look back at my notes because I had a, a number of things that else that came up as well. Part of what I took away from this experience, and I talked about three parts of a journey, preparation, all the before, experience, which is what we did, all that whole experience and the way that we set it up, which, you know, speaking to the experience bit, there is a lot of important details that come into it, set and setting, 
how is your environment? How are the people your environment? How are you making the environment conducive of generating the energy to elevate and actualize your intentions? Because when we don't do it with intention, well, those results often speak for themselves and rarely ever do they point a finger in the direction of us becoming or remembering that highest potential. So set, setting intention, having intention, having a why, having a purpose, grounding that all the way down as deep as you can and having people who are, who are elevating that with you. It's not just you generating it, it's everyone who is involved and it's having the right people there, making sure that love is the founding principle and that it's present and that at every corner it's being checked in. It's being brought forth and getting fucking weird. Getting so fucking weird and practicing the habit of allowing that, not inauthentically, there's nothing to be forced. It's just, ooh, it's emoting, letting it be real. Real for you, real for me. That's, that's that, seeking what is, what is true for us versus you know, doing it because it feels like the right thing to do or because we're trying to fit in with the cool kids or not feel like we're being left out. That shit don't work long term. So preparation, experience, integration, this is the reflection, this is this now. Integration is the reflection and also the action to integrate to heaven to earth. And there is a couple of more. Don't do your work. Share. Ah, yes. And uh, one of the other final bits now, coming back to what I spoke to about with the wanting to bring forth the knowledge or the revelation of why am I anxiously seeking a relationship? It's because I wanted something in someone else that I was not giving to myself. And that, in this case, was just the radical acceptance of weirdness. Loving the weirdness, embracing the weirdness. And how, when I or we seek a relationship of any kind, specifically a romantic relationship, from a place of needing something from someone else, that is a very, very, very fertile breeding ground for codependency. I need something from you. The second you're not giving it to me, point of contention. Now, what that has left me with is not that, well, I guess I'm just never gonna be in a relationship because I've, I've got these things I gotta work on because like that's one thing. What are all the other things that are hidden down here that are still, you know, I'm seeking for somebody else. I wouldn't say it's that. I'm not saying that this is the best answer, by the way. This is just my current answer in this moment is if we have these things, one, we have to do the work within ourselves. Have to, I have to embrace the weird within me. And if, an opportunity were to present itself where someone truly remarkable comes into my life. Am I going to be like, oh, sorry, I can't do it. I got to do all this work because I'm not good enough for it or I got to love myself first. It's like, you could do that. Or there is a another path, which is do the work yourself. I will do the work myself and acknowledge with that person, hey, by the way, I think you're really dope. And just want to be very clear and transparent with you that I'm also working on me. And, and these are the things that I notice that I have these patterns or tendencies in relationship where I'm like seeking something, in this case, potentially within you. And I just wanted to let you know because I want to make sure that I continue to do that work. And if it works for you, 
you're like, help, hold me accountable if you ever notice I'm slipping. Just like compassionately remind me, hey, don't forget to keep doing the work. Don't forget to keep loving yourself. Don't forget to keep coming back home. Because then it goes from being a, a codependency to an interdependency, a healthier form of relatedness where we can support one another whilst also doing our own thing. We're still filling our cup without needing the other person to fill our cup to feel good about ourselves. It's all of it. At least that's my current thought. So sharing the awareness, enrolling the support, but above all else, always comes back to this person right here. And for me, if, if I got nothing else from my first DMT experience, it is that. It, it's, it's the first the gnosis in my, in my brain, the knowing of all of me as I am, and all of my weirdness is loved. It just is. It doesn't need to be because it, it just is. And I will continue to find ways to remind my, my, myself that, that little, excuse me, that little inner child or whatever part of me is still, there's the conscious mind and then that subconscious mind actually having them align where I can say, yes, I know it's okay to be weird. And having the body know, yeah, guess what? This is who we fucking are. And it's all good. Now, having said all that, as I continue to integrate that, I want to be very clear that this is not a, a way of me encouraging or telling people, you, you should go and do this experience. Not saying that. I won't say that. I don't think that these medicines are for everybody. It is not my intention to sell anybody on it. I think that what the only reason to ever do it is because you feel called. Like there's something within you that's like, ring, 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 hello, hey, it's time. Like th there's a deep resonance for it. Because at the end of the day, what works for me might not work for you and what works for you might not work for me. And that's the part of seeking that, that truth within us that is going to reveal, man, these flies, these all flying up in my face. Seeking what is true for us. So I'm gonna embrace my weird. I'm gonna keep doing me and keep learning and growing. And my encouragement to you is embrace your weird too. Because all of you is loved. And there are people, I promise, who will love you in all of it. And continue to seek your truth and to find your medicine. Because that that is where we reunite, reconnect with all of us and we come back home. I love you so much. I'm sending you so much love for your journey and your remembrance too. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe and share this with your people. Big love fam.